Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Vazil. I got my man Sia Najad here with me. I have my mustache and we are here talking week nine against the spread going through every single game. We got a couple COVID games. Some some stuff's popping up. Sia and I are going to cover all of that for you at first, of course. WinDailySports.com backslash chat. Make sure to go there. Seven free days in the expert Discord chat. We can give you everything that you need. We're grinding PGA right after this. We're talking NFL. Seems like incessantly 24-7. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure to follow us at Wind Daily Sports. Make sure to follow Sia Najad at Sia Najad. Make sure to follow me at Michael Brazil one And don't forget about the NFL season pass. Everything on the site, $79.99. Everything through the Super Bowl. You can't beat that. Sia, how you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, does that include the betting package? That's a real question. It does not include the betting package, unfortunately. Gotcha. All yeah. right. <clears throat> but because... I, you know, I feel like because we're so, um, you know, DFS heavy, I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of people don't even know about the the betting thing. And it's like it's true. crazy good. I mean, $79.99 like, can get paid for in like two and a half hours after one college game at noon. Yes. Or um, if you, everybody just listened to me and you took all the favorites pretty much today in soccer, I had a 14 parlay. It was kind of a joke. I forgot that it even was happening. One, I think I got it at plus. It, it was funny because there was a team in there at minus 1600, another at like minus 500, another at like minus 600. And there was one team that I think was like minus 180. And that was Austin's play. Austin said, make sure you take Dortmund, throw them in a parlay. He's very confident in them. I almost added Chelsea too. Now, none of these teams mean anything to me. I know Christian Pulisic is American. That's about as much as I know about soccer. <laughs> Turns out it's pretty damn easy. So we appreciate you, Austin, for that. The, the soccer team has been crushing it. We had another family member make a lot of money today. But you are right, Sia. That betting membership gets paid for very, very quickly. If you just pay attention to what Capper Steve is doing, or you could do what I do. You pay attention to everything he's doing. You take all his bets. You win all that money. And then you take that money and you just put him on more fun bets because you don't know what the hell you're doing. You're actually just having fun with it. So. It's kind of the way I, I like that it. approach. And, right. and by the way, like, um, you know, I have friends that I, I guess are members now because they're texting me, you know, yeah. plays from um, God, the soccer guy, not not mm-hmm. Austin, but um, how am Rich. I forgetting his name? Rich. Right. Rich. Masala, oh, Rich. I hope you're not watching. I know that was that was embarrassing mm. for me. But the point is, um, I think they rolled with some of his plays and, and those hit today, too. So it's kind of cool. Yep. Like we got them firing from everywhere. But hey, by the way, I heard there's something else going on today. Yes. Maction. Ah, that's what it Maction is. That's is right. back. Six games. Mm-hmm. I think it might be. I think we might just get six games every Wednesday moving forward for like the next six weeks. I'm not 100 percent sure. I could just be making that up. I think I'm actually just trying to speak that into existence. I've heard a lot of people talking about speaking things into existence the last couple of days, but I'm just trying to speak that into existence. How cool would it be if every single Wednesday we just had six college football games? On? Yeah, but we're on like during the action, yeah. if you will. The I maxion. know, actually, that's, that's kind of sad. I feel yeah. bad. We're gonna take. For us. Man, we're just what. Oh, oh yeah, because everybody's yeah. going to be watching. Because everybody's going to be watching. Come on, dude. We've been doing this. But we are here. <laughs> we are talking NFL Week 9. As I said, I have my mustache. We are ready to go. And we do have some interesting games. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And we have some COVID stuff. Um, some real interesting ones, too. So I'm ready if you are, Sia. I think we Let's can just it. hop right into it. We have this mm-hmm. Thursday night game. Packers and the 49ers. Packers opened at minus 6. It's now up to minus 7. Have pretty much 80% of the money. Almost 70% of the bets. The 49ers are missing their entire team at this point. Uh, they just put Trent Williams, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuels. Not that I thought Debo Samuels was going to play anyway. They all got put on the COVID list. We know Jimmy G's out. We know Greg Kittle's out. George Kittle, he's out for a couple weeks. I mean, I honestly don't know. Mostert's been out. Jeff Wilson's on the IR. I, I guess uh, Jarek McKinnon's legs are still a little tired from those runs he had four weeks ago. How how is this game only minus seven, especially with that much action going in on the Packers right now? 
Yeah, it's funny because it, it had kicked down to five and a half yesterday. And um, I was actually on um, Deep Dive Fantasy Football podcast yesterday with that with Brandon, our, our friend who come, came on the Wind Daily Show. Yeah, it's actually his podcast. So I don't know that he put it on Twitter. But the reason I bring that up is because I was I was talking about the Niners in an upset. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was saying, you know, we all think we know everything about these teams already. But I just kind of trust Kyle Shanahan. And I, I don't know that I trust the Green Bay Packers. And I think we could see an upset here. But now there's no way I can pick an upset. I mean, yeah. I just, it's like for four quarters, you know, one thing I will say, like, what is the total in this game? What's the over under? It's 49 and a half. Oh, I would absolutely hammer the under there because the one thing the Niners have going for them is a defense that's getting healthier and healthier. And what they do and what they try to do against Seattle somewhat successfully for a majority of the game was keep everything underneath, you Mm -hmm. know, this cloud coverage, you know, like kind of like a a safe, not a prevent type play, you know, but I don't know that the Packers are going to be able to just move the ball downfield super quick. And I'm positive. I am absolutely positive that Kyle will be working his run scheme. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's probably probably be Jamichael Hasty, a little bit of McKinnon, and whoever they might bring up from the practice squad, who will probably have like three touchdowns. Yeah, I was gonna say you or yeah. me at this point. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we could run behind that scheme. It's been ridiculous. But I mean, it's gonna be like a full, like you know, Ross Dwelly, maybe Jordan Reed, Trent Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like they they are gonna have to keep the passes like ten yards and in. They're gonna have to try to run on first and second down. And so I, I actually love, I know we're not talking totals necessarily, but I, I love the under here. It looks like it's down to 48 and a half, which totally makes sense. Um, to me, this would be, and I hate to start, I hate to start the show with this, Michael, because it's kind of like that sucker bet I always talk about, mm-hmm. but a Packers tease with the under makes so much sense here. Cause you're getting, you, you, let's say you do a seven point tease, or let's say you do six and a half. So, so you get that line down to a half a point, but then you kick it up to 55 Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually you kick it up to 56 and take the under. I like that play, but I agree with what I think you're going to say, which is at this point, as much as I like Kyle Shanahan, I got to go with the Packers here. Yeah, it's it's kind of difficult. One thing I will say, and I, I'm, I don't think I buried the lead, but the Packers don't have a healthy running back at this point either. So like as much as it, it's very, very confusing, I think it's going to be really difficult for the 49ers to score but I think they're going to do it. Honestly, if it wasn't for everybody then getting put on the COVID list to like yesterday and today, I a hundred percent would have been on the 49ers. The 49ers played the Packers twice last year and they made them look stupid. So I think that is still very much in play. Probably not going to put any money on it, but plus seven, even though I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to score that much. We just saw Dalvin cook and a useless Kirk cousins, just run all over them. And I mean, it's pretty much the same run scheme. I mean, we'll need Nick or Stobie. Maybe you know a little bit about it to tell us exactly how that works, but I, I still would probably lean to 49ers plus seven. I wouldn't be surprised if that starts to tick up a little bit too. So if yeah. that gets over seven, if that gets to seven and a half, hey man, it might be a little worth a little, little sprinkle. It'll probably get to seven and a half, but the one thing that's a little worrisome, you know, I'm talking about the Niners kind of scaling back the uh, mm-hmm. the offensive playbook. Well, you know, Trent Williams is out too, like yeah. you just said. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, you got your left tackle out, you know, when, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's going to be tough for them to survive over four quarters with Mullins back there mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, but to your point, it's just Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin back in the backfield, mm-hmm. but you got a healthy Devonte Adams. Yeah, you know, Alan Lazard might come back, probably not. So you got Marcus Valdez Scantling and a bunch of guys. You know, Shepard, Tanyan. That's probably enough. I don't like this line at seven, but to your point, if it's seven and a half or eight, I'd probably lean the Niners. But honestly, I like the tease more than anything. I hate to say yeah. it. Yeah. 
Um, you hate Jesus too. You hate him, but you always have one every week. And that's what I appreciate about you. See, that's what I appreciate about you. Yeah, it's fair. I, I don't usually bet the teases. I sometimes mm -hmm. suggest them on this show, but normally I'm just going straight up and, and that ends up working for me. So hey, you've been doing your thing and we appreciate the heck out of you. If anybody out there has some questions, make sure to ask us. We already got S guy in the chat. Right. Appreciate you, Joe. I remembered your name this time. He was asking me earlier about the golf cheat sheet, which is out now. If you're listening to this on the podcast or if you're watching us live, the golf cheat sheet is up. I put that up. So, Joe, check that out. Everybody else, go check that out. Let's win some money. Let's get primed. Let's get tuned for the Masters coming up next week. Nice. But as you said, the this is going to be a weird game. I'm going to watch it because it's on. But, I mean, man, it, might, it might get a little ugly, but I still wouldn't be surprised. I think Kyle Shanahan just has Matt LaFleur's number. I know it was only two games last week or last year, but they were ugly. So, we'll see. Yeah, I know that he has his number. I don't think Matt LaFleur has... I don't think he's given any indication that he's a good coach. I'm not yeah. saying like Anthony Lynn status, but oh, I'm just saying like, already it's not even yeah. 10 minutes, dude. Well, I'm, I'm on a high from winning money Jeez. on Anthony Lynn for like Ugh. forever weeks in a row. I mean, it's, it's absurd at this point. So uh, yeah, so I, I don't think LaFleur, uh, I don't think these guys are in the same hemisphere from a coaching standpoint, but at a certain point when you're down so many key players, it becomes mm -hmm. kind of like a, can you hold up? Exactly. Exactly. But it'll be interesting. We'll all watch it. And uh, yeah, we'll play some DFS. Make sure to be on the lookout for the showdown articles. They are free as well. So let's get it. Um, all right. Let's move on to the Sunday day games. One o'clock here on the East Coast for us East Coasters. We have the first one on my list. I have the Bears traveling to Tennessee. Bears opened or Tennessee opened at minus six and a half. It's now down to minus six over under of 46 and a half. 50 50 split on the bets. About 80% of the money coming in on the Titans at minus six over under, I think I said 46 and a half. How do you feel the bears? They just keep covering spreads, man. I know they're bad and they're fraudulent and they're terrible, but they just keep covering the spread. Six is a lot. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, six is a lot. I, I think I like the bears here. I, I'm always going to lean dog because that that's what pays the bills, so mm -hmm. to speak. And the thing about, so I think Nick Foles is sort of getting a bad rap, but I think a lot of that is just poor coaching. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I just don't, I, I think Nick Foles will thrive against a team that doesn't have a pass rush. And so if he has time to like get his feet set to, to the Moonies and the Robinsons and the Anthony Millers, if he plays, I, I think he's fine. Um, I think, is it Jimmy Graham? I think Jimmy Graham mm -hmm. might be a little banged up too. I think he might've sat out of practice today, but he's probably fine. So I think he's going to be able to hit those targets. And at six points is a lot. I, I think we saw last week that, you know, Joe Burrow is a lot different than, than what the bears are offering, but mm -hmm. I still think the Titans were exposed. And so yes. six is just too much to me. Yeah. I think the Titans have no pass rush. They, they signed Jadavian Cloudy, maybe traded for him in the beginning of the year. He was useless. I don't think he has a sack Vic Beasley. They signed him to $9.5 million. He had three total tackles. So they just released him because he's been <laughs> that bad. He also like just didn't show up to COVID testing for like the first month or whatever. That was like, I think that was a whole situation. I think he was just kind of trying to get out anyway. Just of note, though, when the bets are 50-50, minus six and a half to the Titans, as I said, it opened up 80% of the money goes on the Titans and the line comes down. I know we spoke about it last week with our guy E-Tip, and hopefully he shows up. That's just weird, right? Like, that's yeah. something to pay attention to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So so you're saying that that the money... I mean, All the, the, money. the money's on the Titans, but, yeah. but that the Bears seems to be the play here because it's reverse yeah. line movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about that when you first um, laid out where the money yep. was. That's a really good indicator that you should be taking the Bears here. And by mm -hmm. the way, six is a lot of points. This yes. is not college football. Anytime you're getting six, seven, eight points, like we talked about in the, the Packers game, which of course is a different situation, but mm -hmm. this is a lot. I mean, 
I would have expected this line. If if I'm setting this line, I'm setting it at four and a half. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, if you're getting a point and a half, uh, I think that's pretty strong. A lot of value. It doesn't work out every time, but we trust the process. We keep doing what we're doing and that's how we win money. And as you said, Sia, it's so funny. Everyone loves taking the favorites. Everyone loves taking the overs. But outside of like the first like five weeks of this year, if you don't take the favorites and the overs every week, you're actually probably coming out ahead, which I think is pretty important. So interesting mm-hmm. one. I think I'm going to lean bears as well. Six and a half would have been sweet. I'll take the push at six. That's fine with me. Uh, next game, I have no line because Matthew Stafford was put on the COVID and injured list, the IR, which was kind of surprising. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see anybody else from the Lions get put on the COVID list, right? Was there anybody else? Yeah, nobody else. I think okay. his close contact with a COVID individual was not a player. It was like a personal uh, a family okay. member, a personal mm-hmm. friend or something. And this came out, he got put on the COVID list like only a couple hours after his wife eviscerated the Lions on the internet. So, huh. oh, I didn't know that. Uh, trade deadline's <laughs> passed. He's not going anywhere, but you know, just, you know, you got to love it, right? You just got to love it. Uh, it is fantastic. it is absolutely fantastic. So Lions, Vikings, I don't have any information on it. Do you have anything on your end where it opened or is, is everything pretty much just off? Uh, off no, the right you know, as you're talking to me, I- I'm looking up uh, the lines to see if, if the site that I use uh, play money on Michael mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, has a money, line. Yeah. And I do not see one. It's 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 off the table, so or off the board. So I'll tell you what. So I don't think I don't know what it opened at. It, I'm surprised it doesn't yeah, say. Yeah, I don't have even what it opened at. <clears throat> but Chase Daniel is the backup quarterback, and honestly, I think he's fairly competent. And it wouldn't shock me if he moves the offense as well as Stafford does. The one thing about Chase Daniel that I, that I think is interesting here is he kind of moves around in the pocket a little bit. To me, his pocket presence is a little bit better than Matt Stafford's. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of can find lanes and 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 you know get the ball. I think Galladay's hurt, so yeah, he'll Galladay get the ball to these receivers. It's that's a tough one. I, the Vikings are playing really well. I don't know what the line is, but I think there might be inherent value on the Lions because Chase Daniel is going to be perceived as a, as a huge downgrade, but to me, isn't a gigantic downgrade. Yeah, Matt Stafford uh, hasn't the last couple of years done anything to completely wow me. He's had some really cool throws, but like in terms of his play, obviously the Lions just kind of suck. One thing I will mm-hmm. say is we can run on the Vikings and we can run on the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. So in terms of DFS, a lot of Dalvin Cook and I think DeAndre Swift right after the bye week, as you and Nick both called after the bye week, pay attention to DeAndre Swift. He's going to be doing his thing. Came out. I think he scored what? He had over 100 yards rushing, had a touchdown. He looked really good. So something to pay attention to. Definitely something to pay attention to. So uh, ready to move on. Oh, here we go. This is a fun one. So last time we saw this game, the Giants and the Washington Football Club, your favorite bet, Washington Football Club, plus three and a half. And see how the turntables have turned. We now have the Giants. It opened at plus three and a half to the Giants. So minus three and a half and is now at plus three over under of 41 and a half. Jesus Christ, what an awful game. (laughs) all of the money is coming in on the giants. And I think that's only because they're the team getting the points. It was a literal one point game last time. It was a one point game, 19 to 20, one of the worst football games I've watched all year. Surprise. Um, Giants looked solid last week. Of course, they couldn't pull out the win. I at least enjoyed it. They couldn't give me a win for my birthday, but maybe they'll give me a win this time around. So how do you feel about this plus three to the Giants, minus three to the Washington Football Club? Yeah, so the money being on the Giants, I, I genuinely think, and, and and I don't think this is like uh, public necessarily. It might be sharp and public, but 
I think it's genuinely because of how the Giants looked on Monday night. Because I think let's let's just assume for a second the Giants were on a buy. And by the way, Washington was on a buy last week too. Mm-hmm. I really think the money would have been even, even at a three-point spread, because I think Washington's looked pretty competent. I think most people think Washington should have beat the Giants the last time out. They, they kind of dominated well, statistically, they, went, they yeah. dominated the game. And they went for two points and then just didn't get it. So they literally they, they could have went for the field goal tied and probably would have won in overtime. So exactly. So but but you know, now honestly, I think Sterling Shepard really makes a difference in this. Mm-hmm. Offense. He's like not not that Darius Slayton and Golden Tate are not necessarily. I'm not saying they're bad or not reliable, but Sterling Shepard's really good. He's so underrated. Evan Ingram seems to be like present now, but yeah, like before, while before he was kind of had that Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott look on his face, like what am I even doing here, kind of thing. So Washington's really bad on the back end, but they do get pressure and they will create the turnovers potentially on Daniel Jones. But with all these weapons that the Giants have, that that. Daniel Jones is using all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was going to be a, a, a game I was going to bet kind of heavy on Washington, but it's a stay away for me. But I'm picking I'm picking here, so I would absolutely be picking the Giants plus three. Yeah, I think plus three, as we said it last time, both of these teams are bo- they're bad. Both of these teams are bad, and there's really nothing to say about that. So if one team is, is getting three points, just take the points, because I really wouldn't be surprised if the game literally ended in a, a one-two or, or a three-point manner, uh, as we saw last time. Uh, one thing I will say, very surprising, but Adam actually had it in his Adam Bucking for Life, uh, B-U-C-K-N-A. For the number four life had it in our waiver wire article that comes out every Monday slash Tuesday for the waiver wires. Washington defense is actually owned a very low owned because they were coming off a buy too. So mm-hmm. if you could snag them, maybe not use a waiver wire pickup, but if you paid attention and they're still available, which they are in a couple leagues that I'm even in, they have the, 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 the next four games. I think one of them against the Eagles, one of them's against the giants. One might be against the Cowboys and one's against just some trash team, if I'm not mistaken. So it was like four games in a row where that front seven is going to get to the quarterback. They're going to create turnovers. They're going to get sacks. They're going to score points um, in terms of, of fantasy. So it's definitely something to pay attention to, but how about over under of 41 and a half? My God, what? Yeah. This isn't, that's not even football, man. What the hell is that? That's boring. Well, I mean, yeah. The, the the Washington defense is pretty good. The Giants yep. defense played pretty well last Surprisingly, week. Surprisingly, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would lean the over there though, because I actually think yeah. I think they're gonna score some I think both sides of the ball are gonna score some points. I think you have semi-competent quarterback play at this point, in spite of the turnovers, mm. and you have pretty good receivers. I mean, Bradbury's probably gonna be on McLaurin, so that's sort of sucks for him. We'll see what happens there. But Antonio Gibson's been playing better. Um, you know, Logan Thomas gets some catches. We'll see what happens. But I like the over there at least. Yeah. We will see Um, in terms of the Giants. Obviously, I know just a little bit more than the next guy because they're the team I pay attention to the most. Andrew Thomas was not terrible last week, which is really like that's a positive considering how bad he's looked. The Giants are also I don't know. I think Will Hernandez starting left guard will be back, but not 100 percent. They started Shane Lemieux, uh, rookie out of Oregon last week. He also wasn't terrible Um, outside of those two Daniel Jones picks. That's it. Giants actually look kind of good. That's the crazy part, but you can't really take away two turnovers. That's not quite how it works. So I just keep going on and understanding that there will be at least two interceptions or turnovers every single game. So <laughs> well, let's move on. Uh, I think this game is going to be a little bit more fun. We have the Seahawks and the Bills line open at minus one and a half to the Seahawks. We are in Buffalo, by the way, over under of 55. The line has now moved to minus three to the Seahawks with over two thirds of the bets on the Seahawks and almost 90% of the money coming in on the Seahawks. And as we know, a boatload of the money's on the over because that's all we want to see with the Seahawks team. Anyway, 
How do you feel about the Seahawks now at minus three against this Bills team? Yeah, I mean, call me a sucker for taking what looks to be the obvious play, but I really like Seattle here. I don't think the Bills defense is any good at this point. I don't think they can cover the receivers. Um, you know, I worry a little bit about the running game for Seattle because we don't really know who's yep. healthy. But I, I don't think it's going to be too big of a problem. And, and with with the Bills, their offense is okay. But with Josh Allen's unpredictability versus Russell Wilson's predictability, I mean, I'm always going to take Seattle in this matchup. I don't think the home field advantage matters other than the travel itself, mm -hmm. which, you know, this is a yeah. one o'clock game. Kind of sucks for Seattle to you know go across the country and have a, a game that's 10 o'clock for them. Other than that, I don't see really any issue here with the Seahawks taking care of the Bills. I will say that because of the travel and because I've noticed the Bills kind of get get out to leads in first halves. Like, for example, mm -hmm. that Rams game where they were up 28 to three and then they just completely choked it in the second half. I mean, it, it, this is kind of getting a little too cute, but if you like the Bills, I think the Bills' first half would kind of make sense. Oh. And just to plan on hammering the Seahawks if they happen to be down or live bet the Seahawks, something like That's that. That's what I thought you were going to say. When the Seahawks go down, you know, 14 to three, take the Seahawks at plus six or whatever that ends up mm -hmm. being, maybe, maybe even plus four and a half and watch them come back and win. Because as we know, the Seahawks can't play a normal game. They have to play a game that there's a fourth down that has to or is not converted a la the Vikings game. We saw, I mean, last week they should have blown out the 49ers and I just kept looking. I was like, oh, okay, Nick Mullins. Wow, he threw for a lot of yards and like 10 pass attempts. What the hell's going on here? So I do think uh, it's going to be a fun game. I do lean the over 55 is a lot. But I would say, honestly, I like Seahawks. I would have loved Seahawks minus one and a half. Like I'm at minus three. If that gets to minus three and a half, though, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe take the bills there because, again, the Seahawks have to play a close game. It's almost like contractually obligated for them this year, especially <laughs> against teams that they don't normally see. Keep in mind, Jamal Adams is back. He had a full practice yes. today. So that's mm -hmm. a really big deal for them. Um, I believe I don't know if Carlos Dunlap played last week. Did he play? I don't think he I did. I don't think so. So he, he should be playing this game too. So, you know, Dunlap isn't some like great prize for them, but that's two guys that are supplementing mm -hmm. their defense, which yeah. really kind of matters. So that's something to consider. Um, one real quick thing. I did see a line for that Minnesota game and, okay. and I saw it at four. I, I can't tell you definitively whether that's you know, a pre-Stafford or post-Stafford. Mm -hmm. I think it's post-Stafford because I recall seeing the line yesterday when I was doing uh, Brandon's podcast, and I don't think it was four. That would have jumped out at me a little bit. So if it's four, Two. I like the Vikings still. Four, I'm sorry, the Vikings were favored by four. If it's okay. four, I like the Vikings. But if it's four and a half or five or any, anything higher than that, I, I would lean Detroit or a stay away. But I still like it. Like I just think, I just think the Vikings are going to run all over them, and they have the weapons in the passing game to get that score potentially out of hand. I'm also curious what the over-under is in that game because I'd probably go under because I think they're just going to run the ball. Both teams, I think that's all they're going to do. So if you have that. Yeah, I do. But again, I don't know how current it is, but it's 51 okay. and a half. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. If that's real, let's all take the under, guys. <laughs> my goodness. That's all they're going to do is run the ball in that game. So I do like that. Like the Seahawks play as well. Um, should be a lot of fun. Let's get to one of the more... So the Seahawks-Bills, I think it's going to be fun. I do think the Seahawks pull it out, if anything, Bills potentially with the backdoor cover. This one's going to be interesting, though. Ravens traveling to Indianapolis, opened at minus three to the Ravens, now minus two and a half, over under a 47. Um, most of the 60-40 split, Ravens are getting more of the bets. It is a literal 50-50 split in terms of the money, and we are have most people on the over in terms of bets. But again, 50-50 split in terms of the money. So last week, Ravens minus four was your pick. It was Tipston's pick at ETIP11, good friend of the show. You guys loved it. 
Lamar Jackson has four turnovers and they still almost pull it out. So (laughs) I'm, I I thought it was a good bet as well. If you don't have a pick six, two fumbles and another interception, they probably win that game by four points, but you know, we can't play the hypotheticals, but you're, you're right. And it's one of those things where it's like, if we were on the show Wednesday and we were like, we love this pick. They're going to be able to run all over the Steelers. Almost the 300 only yards. Way, the mm-hmm. only way they don't cover is if Lamar has like one of his worst games he's ever had in his entire life, including college and high school. Like yes. if we had that qualifier out there, everybody mm-hmm. would have been like, oh yeah, well that well, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, but Lamar's not going <laughs> to have his worst game ever. Like give me a break. <laughs> so, you know, here we are yep. where they're like completely dominating them, you know, yards per carry, like Dobbins, Gus Edwards mm-hmm. running right through them, just like they should have done with Kansas City. But again, they want to somehow decide hey, Lamar's a good passer. Let's pass it around a little bit. And every time he did it, Pittsburgh was there to, to pick him yep. off. Yeah, yeah. It was, Um, I mean, what, the, the Ravens, I think, almost had 300 total yards of, of just 300 rushing yards on top of the however many passing yards. I, I think Lamar had over 200 passing yards as well. And I mean, obviously, some of that is due to the fact that they're constantly, you know, when you have a turnover to return, you then get the ball back, right? So you you have a little bit more time, but true. Pittsburgh couldn't do shit. They looked like trash. James Conner, I think, had like 50 yards. He just had that touchdown. And I think he had a couple catches, so he didn't do much. Really, nobody on Pittsburgh did anything, and somehow they come out with a four-point win. I mean, the, the Ravens even had the chance at the goal line. Like, literally, right. all they had to do was score that touchdown on fourth down, couldn't get it done. So, yes, that qualifier... If we gave that, maybe it'd be one thing. But, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I mean, hey, I thought it was a good bet. I had a couple bucks on it. It is what it is. But how about this one? Ravens minus two and a half against the Colts. Colts kind of looking weird. The offense is terrible. Phillip Rivers is not good. He's very clearly not good anymore. Game manager at best. Defense is solid. Darius Leonard came back. That defense is significantly better with him there. Two and a half to the Ravens. You think that's a little too much or you think that's a, it's an easy play? I think it's an easy play. So I have kind of a a story here. So I always look at the lines Monday and see, you know, if there's any value in betting something early. So I saw the Ravens at minus three and I'm like, oh, this is definitely kicking up to three and a half. And I do Mm -hmm. not want to have to pay for that hook. So I laid like, you know, I don't bet huge money, Mm -hmm. um, but like, so this is, I say this in relative terms. I put a like a pretty big play on the Ravens on Monday. I'm like, holy cow, this is re-. like to me, it was kind of a ridiculous notion that that the, the Ravens wouldn't cover this line. And then literally, and I'm not joking, 10 minutes later, we hear the Marlon Humphrey news about COVID, mm-hmm. one of their best corners. And then, I don't know, minutes after that, half their defense can't play until Sunday. They can't practice yep. all week. Like these are like starters. These are like real guys. And I'm like, oh my God. It, so I, I w- my, my thought was, I know this line is going to kick down to two and a half and I'm not going to get the value. I thought maybe it would even kick down to two or one and a half, but it hasn't. It's only two and a half. So I lost some value there, but whether it's two and a half or three, I just like the Ravens. I, I don't, I'm not impressed by the Colts at all. I, I thought they did some interesting things coming off their bye last week with getting Naheem Hines and Wilkins mm-hmm. involved. Hilton went out, T.Y. Hilton went out with an injury. They don't have anybody really in the passing game. The Ravens defense is probably going to get the best of Philip Rivers who to me is a bottom three quarter bottom four it's quarterback bad. in the league it's bad. it's bad yeah so I mean this one is to me this is like a taking candy from from a baby type and by the way the, Lamar's stock is so down and that's probably what's driving this line mm-hmm. to be what it is because to me this line should be four or four and a half yeah I think the Ravens are definitely a better team of course as you said Marlon Humphrey is one of the best corners in the league he's not going to be able to play so hopefully he is fine. He stays healthy and it's only, you know, a one week thing. He gets back to normal. Everything's okay. One thing I will say, and maybe I'm going to have to kick myself after I watch this game, but 
there's a game where you don't really need the best cornerback or one of the best cornerbacks in the league, it's probably this one. I mean, mm-hmm. who the hell? A, Philip Rivers sucks. And then who's he throwing to? T.Y. Hilton's bad too. Like, right? He's not really good anymore. I got Rascal Pascal out there. I don't, I don't think he's <laughs> scare anybody. Like, what? Honestly, Michael Pittman went out. I think he might have come back, but he's going to be hurt. He's not really in, in tune with the offense. Like, I don't think it matters that much that Marlon Humphreys is out. I mean, I think the dude's incredible, and it would be better if he was there. But I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. So they're going to have to be really conservative and clever with their running backs and their tight ends. Don't forget, they have like three tight ends, and so yeah. you know the one thing Philip Rivers can do, and and I would say that really anybody like I can do like I can go outside and do this like if I have a big target with a big catch radius I'm just going to throw him the ball and just assume he's <laughs> going to come down with it Love so it. you got Mo Cox, you got Trey Burton you got Jack Doyle who Jack caught Doyle. who vultured a touchdown mm-hmm. last week yes. so it's going to be this like slow matriculation down the field which might frustrate the Ravens defense but I, I still think the Ravens defense or excuse me Ravens offense has mm-hmm. enough firepower yeah. to overcome any of that I do think I think it'll be a fun game, though. I think it'll be low scoring, as you said. I mean, even the over under, I think, indicates it at 47 right now. It actually went up. Surprisingly, it started at 45. It's now up to hmm. 47. Still think I would take the under on that one because, yeah, I don't think much. They're going to run the ball, 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 and then probably punt the ball. I like that's all I think is really going to happen in this game. I think it'd be boring. But I think it'll be um, one of those uh, lunch pail uh, blue collar type of football games there. See it. Right. So we'll see. One man. of them. One of them rust belt type of games <laughs> just to make it election a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got our rust belts going on. Um, all right. Let uh oh, um, heard an awesome statistic. How many times do you think Philip Rivers has thrown for five touchdowns in his entire career? Zero. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was zero. I think he's only thrown for four touchdowns like nine times. I mean, yeah, Patrick I mean, Mahomes, I guess Patrick I guess Mahomes that surprises thrown for me three a bit. touchdowns in a half ten times already. <laughs> so Rivers just is like, like it's the way he throws the ball man it just it doesn't help no it's a shot put ridiculous ridiculous but you gotta love it you gotta love stats like that such a baseball stat too but all right let us move on should be another fun one we got the panthers traveling to arrowhead to play the chiefs chiefs covered by the way that 21 points i think it was down to 19 and a half chiefs covered the 21 points against the jets and man it was awesome watching patrick mahomes do his thing through for five touchdowns panthers chiefs chiefs favored by 10 it's actually ticked up to 10 and a half but the interesting part about it 50 50 split on the bets more money is actually coming in on the Panthers. Uh, not too much more. It's 60-40. Um, actually, literally just moved and is now exactly 60-40. But that still, again, made the line move to 10 and a half, um, which is interesting. Usually you see the opposite. Over under a 52 and a half, uh, almost 100% of the money is coming in on that over. I love that. How do you feel about this Panthers team? Plus 10 and a half going to Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes, what do you got? Yeah, I like I like the over there too. That's that's a little low. Um, well, it opened over under opened at fifty point five, and it's gone up to fifty two point five. Yeah, so good. If point, you got it early. Point. Yeah, um, I like. The, I mean, if you're getting ten and a half, to me, that's a little giftish. I, I listen. So Etip talked about it last week. The the defense for Carolina has some injuries. I mean, Matt Ryan and company made them look kind of bad, even in some bad weather yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me, last Thursday, yeah. and. Um, that's a problem, but their offense gets Christian McCaffrey back. They have a full complement of Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and, of course, Robbie Anderson. So I think they're going to be able to move the ball just fine. This, this Kansas City defense, you can, A, run on them, and, B, you can kind of pass on them too. So 10.5, I mean, to me, this is one of those, you know, I, I always say, like, a worst-case scenario is a backdoor cover. You know, mm-hmm. like, you, you, let's put it this way. We had a line where the, where the Jets 
were 19 and a half point favorites, excuse me, underdogs to the Kansas City mm. Chiefs. Same exact situation, different team, much worse team. So imagine you've got imagine Carolina's down 17 late in the game. I'm I mean, what, A, what are the chances of that? And B, what are the chances they're not going to get some sort of backdoor cover there? Exactly. It just seems like even if it gets out of hand, they'll be able to catch up a little bit. 100%. Yeah, I think Carolina does cover, especially with Christian McCaffrey coming back. You can run on the Chiefs, as we've said multiple times, and you'll see it all year. I don't think, I think the Panthers are worse than we thought when they were three and two. True. I do think the Chiefs win comfortably. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't. I don't think it will. I, attempt ten. I, don't, I wouldn't even say ten is like a comfortable win. It's two possessions in the NFL. That's nothing really crazy. But I don't think it's ever going to feel like it's really in you know in danger for the Chiefs, if anything at all. So I'm um, definitely uh, definitely with you there. And as we both said, let's take the over because Patrick Mahomes and um, Joe Brady, pretty much as I said last week, pretty sure it's Joe Brady, not Teddy Bridgewater, doing any of that. Um, so it's interesting. One thing to note, and, and this really sh probably shouldn't come into play, and it, it was a threat last week, and it really didn't come into play, but I'm looking at the weather here for the Chiefs game, so it's the, the weather's going to be fine in terms of the temperature, but you're looking at, apparently, you're looking at 18-mile-per-hour winds, and that is such a guess on a, on a mm -hmm. Wednesday, obviously, yeah. but if that were to kick up to like 20 or, or something like that, it's just something to keep an eye on, particularly from, from a DFS standpoint. Now, the, the thing I'll tell you is we saw what Mahomes did last week. Well, that was supposed to be a bad weather game too mm -hmm. with high winds. Now, granted, by the time it was near kickoff, everybody knew the winds in that particular game were going to be down. But really of all the wind games last week, and I think this is important to mention from a lines and a DFS standpoint, there were about five of them that had somewhere between 15 and 25 mile per hour expected wins. Only one of them really affected the game. And that was mm -hmm. the Cleveland uh, yeah, Raiders. Vegas Raiders game. Other than that, even the ones that actually did have some legitimate wind, the, the the offenses were able to pass the ball down the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, Green Bay was one of them. They, you know, yeah. he was hitting Devonte like he always says. And we, we talked about that intermediate route guy, short route guy, but I guess the lesson there is unless the wins are really bad, uh, kind of don't worry about it, both from a DF. I mean, you know, Tyreek Hill got hit for like two long touchdowns mm -hmm. in Kansas City games, and, 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 and that was supposed to be a game where there was, you know, relatively high wins. So unless it's like, to me, unless it's like 18 to 20 to 25, don't even worry about it. Yeah, that I would say that. And also, I, I think we would both agree. Um, Baker and Derek Carr don't quite have the same arm strength that Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers do. They throw rockets. Um, and yeah, we, I'm not saying they, uh, Derek Carr and, um, Baker throw ducks by any stretch of the words. Obviously some come out, they look like that, but they're not quite rockets like out of Mahomes. And so I think they can cut through it. Also of note, the Cleveland Brown stadium is literally on the water. I, I don't know why anybody thought that was a good idea, but it is, it's like, <laughs> Hey, here's this Lake. Let's put a stadium directly next to it. I know. I don't understand that. Um, I was in Cleveland last year for the bills, Buff, um, the Buffalo Cleveland game. It was awesome. Cleveland won. That was great. But whose idea is that? I don't well, the, the best place for a Cleveland Browns game is not Cleveland. In my opinion, mm. but that's just my, that's just Yikes. my take there. I hope CJ Yikes. isn't a Cleveland Browns fan. CJ, are you a Cleveland? What about you, S guy? Are you a Cleveland Browns fan? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, let us move on. We have the Houston Texans traveling down to Duval to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so this is weird, right? So we have the Texans. We know they suck. Will Fuller was supposed to get traded. He ended up not getting traded. That's totally fine. Tex Texans open as a seven-point favorite. They're still a seven-point favorite. 
with the Jaguars. And now I know Gardner Minshew is not nearly as awesome as I want him to be, but you can't <laughs> tell me that some Luke, whatever the hell this kid's name is, some random sixth round pick is going to be that much better or better at all than Minshew. He hasn't been in the offense for two years. Doesn't really know what he's doing. The Jags are kind of shitty. The line didn't move. Not only that, more money is coming in on the Jaguars at plus seven over under a 50 and a half. In case anyone was curious, the under is heavily bet there. I don't know. I know again, Minshew's not as great as I want him to be, but the zero line movement for a rookie sixth round pick coming in. Is that, do they really think that little of Minshew that little? Um, I don't oh. even know what to say about that. It, the back of the me. line didn't move. No, no, no. I agree with you. Oh, okay. I mean, listen, oh. I, I know you were like the biggest Minshew fan of all time. Second. Shout out Second. my cousin, Justin. Yeah. Oh, right. Justin. Uh, so sorry about that. I, I hope, um, your dreams haven't been dashed too quickly. I have my quarterback, okay? Daniel Jones. I mean, I will gladly <laughs> take Gardner Minshew at this point, honestly, but so I that. totally agree with you. This line should have moved. I mean, part of the reason it's not moving, it, it was already kind of high. And this is a Houston Texans team at the end of the yes. day. But with all of that said, you know, Will Fuller's still on the team. You know, Deshaun Watson has his full complement of receivers. I like the Texans. I don't even know what to say. Like Luton, like, so we did the NFL draft show, right? And, you know, I we, we, there were six of us on there. You remember mm-hmm. Javi and, yep. and, and David and, and everybody, Jason and everybody else. And I knew every single thing about And, of course, I didn't get that stuff out because it was like the worst show we've ever done in our well, entire life. <laughs> but next time it's just going to be me and you, though. So it's going to be great. And probably Nick. But, but the point is. I, I was like really like, you know, neck deep in all these guys. And Jake Luton was not on anybody's radar. And so I, I go to Roto World today, which I, I is is one of those sites I, I used to kind of lean on. And I, I really don't anymore because it's just their analysis is kind of funny sometimes. And he, here's what they say. So I'm just I'm just going to quote. They say um, there's like half the sentence is gone. And he says, and he rarely turns it over, posting a career 42, 11 touchdown interception ratio in 20 pack 12 starts. So you're going to tell me that he rarely turns it over in the NFL because of what he did at Oregon State in the Pac-12. I mean, but it's just ha- like... In half of his games, he turned it over, though. That's in more than half of the games. 11 and 20, that's over 50%. Exactly. Well, yes. Yeah, that's bad. So, okay, I, I, that, that was like the part of the statement I, I kind of ignored. It, it, it's kind of like, don't tell me the guy is not a turnover machine or, uh, or yeah. that uh-huh. he's not going to turn it over when he's going from Oregon State, the Pac-12, to the the actual nfl yeah. like it's it's just a dumb thing to say like mm-hmm. you can say he he wasn't too turnover prone at oregon state against inferior competition if you want but anyway that's just a little soapbox thing but yeah give me the texans that, that's a long way of saying give me the texans i think so too um I, it's just crazy that there was zero line movement and you know still with that information we kind of known gardner Minshew is going to be out we were just kind of curious was it going to be mike glennon and his 18 foot neck or was it going to be this sixth round pick clearly they're going with the sixth round pick and still zero line movement and more money coming in on the jag so either that's somebody saying hey we really don't think gardner Minshew is any better than this sixth round pick or b I honestly don't know what B is like, what the hell is B like? I, I just, I just don't know. So it's, um, it's going to be interesting, you know, shout out to Justin. I, I feel so bad for him. He just wants Trevor Lawrence now, but we all got him a lot of Gardner Minshew stuff last year for Christmas because he was good for like three games. So now he's like decked out in Gardner Minshew socks and shirts and hats. And it's not great. And one thing I will still, say, well, so, no. uh, okay. Is the one thing that you will say that no. you still think that Gardner Minshew is better than Kirk Cousins? Yes. Okay. That wasn't, but I do still think he's better than Kirk Cousins. No, you're wrong. Kirk Cousins is not a good quarterback, but he's 
definitely better than Gardner Minshew. I disagree. I disagree. Gardner Minshew can move. He's got a sweet mustache. And I bet if you put him on that the Vikings, he would complete more than like 11 of 23 passes with two interceptions. Like, I don't think that's that crazy of a thing to say. He can hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook as good as I can. Like, what the hell? I don't think it's that difficult. So, I don't know. I would like to see that. I would like to see that. But the one thing I was going to say is, yes, I do agree with you. That draft show is probably one of the worst shows we've ever done. And thankfully, <laughs> it'll be much, much better uh, this coming year. So, everybody... NFL draft, uh, first round live Win daily sports. Check it out. It'll probably be me, Sia and Nick. Jason will butt his way in. We'll then kick him out. Cause I run all this shit on the back end. We'll have a good time. <laughs> we'll have a really good time. All right, let us move on. We have the Broncos, the Denver Broncos traveling down to hot Atlanta, Atlanta favored by four to open up. It's not down to three and a half over under sits at about 50 with all the money on the over literally all of it over 90 percent, over 95 percent of the money is coming in on the over about 65 percent of the money on atlanta at minus three and a half so again reverse line movement money coming in on atlanta at minus four i'm assuming moved down to three and a half that's something drew lock looked pretty cool last week he had his moxie back he made you some <laughs> money he's not going up against uh anthony lynn or even dan quinn at this point but my goodness that was a lot of fun to watch shout out drew lock he was dancing and Rapping to Jeezy, as the kids like to say, I think. I, I don't know. How do you feel about this game? Broncos and Atlanta minus three and a half to Atlanta. Okay. Hey, you're one of the kids. You're 19 good years point. old. That's a good point. And moment. 19 years Thank old you. with a mustache somehow. A sweet like, mustache. mustache. Thank you. Um, and B, I like the Broncos. I mean, give me, like, listen, you got you got two relatively bad teams. Yes. By the way, I personally don't think that Calvin Ridley is going to play. Like, he's not been ruled out. He didn't practice sure. today. But mm -hmm. the way he walked off the field, I mean, I've been... I, I've seen this enough over the decades to like, like gauge, like how hurt somebody is. And it just did his foot and his ankle. It just didn't seem right. The way he was going to the locker room. I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing anything, but like, I just um, don't think he's going to play. I'm pretty sure you're a resident doctor on the show. That's true. I'm not mistaken. I so I am the resident when daily doctor and lawyer. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. Well, there's a couple lawyers actually on the team here, which is pretty cool, but yeah. Um, you're definitely anyway, our doctor. Yeah. Anyway, I'll take the dog. I, even if Ridley plays, I, I kind of like the points here, but I personally don't think Ridley's going to play. So it, it's kind of one of those things where I want to grab it now because even if even though it went down to three and a half, because it, I think Matt Ryan is at his bet. Well, this is an obvious statement, but Matt Ryan is a different quarterback when he has it when he has Julio and Calvin Ridley on the yeah. field. When he only has one of them, he looks like just like a fragile doll that can't move in the pocket. And so I'm not interested. A fragile doll. I like that. That's a very, very descriptive, uh, very descriptive of you. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I was not watching that Thursday night game, so I did not see Ridley go out. I did hear it didn't look great, but considering it was the Thursday game and maybe not the Sunday game, give him an extra three days of rest. Uh, that's mm -hmm. something that I would definitely lean on. We'll obviously see um, come probably Thursday, Friday. If he's not participating Thursday and Friday, it's most likely he's not going to go. But it's definitely interesting. You are right. When Julio and Ridley are both in there, my goodness, watch out. When one of them, for whatever reason, is either hurt or just incapable. And granted, we've seen two of them in the game, right? It was that Packers game where we saw Julio and Ridley there. And they were getting hammered so much. They said, you know what, Julio, just, just sit out the second half. You don't really need to be here for this anymore. Uh, so it's definitely something to pay attention to. But I don't know. Matt Ryan sucks. Here's a, here's a question. Who would you rather have, Gardner Minshew or Matt Ryan? Oh, that is a good question. Mm. As much as I hate Matt Ryan, I'd, I'd rather have Matt Ryan. Damn it. All right. I'll get you on one of them. 
I will get Matt Ryan on. has enough command pre-snap for me to have some like modicum of confidence in him. And his arm isn't he's he's an accurate thrower. He's not a, he's a, he doesn't have a strong arm, but he's an accurate thrower. And I, I can't really say those two things about Gardner Minshew. But he's got moxie and a mustache. Uh, and a mustache. And a mustache. I also want to say I apologize to our friend Casey. We were talking about the Cleveland game a couple minutes ago. He said, and I was talking about why the hell did they just put a stadium on a lake? Casey says, fans oddly love that. It's basically a jetty in the middle of a lake. Um, okay, I guess. I don't know. It uh, doesn't make sense to me, but I respect you and your uh, your decisions, Casey. You keep going to those games. I'll keep rooting for the Browns. I promise you that. And we'll just... We'll see. Anything on UCA? You live in Florida. Do you even know what winter is? I forgot. I don't know. Somebody, no, I don't. I don't know what cold weather is either, by the way. Lucky. Um, but Casey, I do know, has, uh, mm-hmm. I, he might even still live there, but I know he has roots in Cleveland. So, uh, I, and, and I'm sure like right when he got on is when I insulted Cleveland. So, yeah, sorry, of course. Sorry about I mean, that, buddy. <laughs> Murphy's Law, right? Um, something like that. Whatever. Let's move on. Uh, we have a probably going to be a pretty boring AFC West matchup. We have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling down to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Chargers were favored by three. That number has come down. I'm seeing at one and a half and one in certain places. So let's just go with one and a half for argument's sake. Six, uh, 60% of the bets coming in on the Raiders, almost 90% of the money. We have an over-under started at 56. It's not a 52. About split where the money's going on that one. Raiders, Chargers, you hate Anthony Lynn. Are you going to take Anthony Lynn this time? What do you got, Sia? Talk to me. Well, first of all, I loved this line when it was three. Obviously, mm-hmm. I love the Raiders. Um, and and I was making the argument yesterday um, on, on Brandon's podcast that I just think the Raiders could be like the fourth or fifth best team in the AFC. I mean, I think once you get past Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Baltimore – I just think there's a huge drop off from there. And I don't necessarily think the Titans own that space. I don't think Indianapolis owns that space and the Raiders keep outperforming, you know, themselves. They, they keep outperforming what we think they are. And so when I see it, I, I like what Herbert's doing. He has all of his weapons too. Um, other than of course, you know, the main running back that, that he would probably like Denver, to have in Austin yeah. Eckler, but I like the Raiders. I, I don't really, I don't have much analysis here. Cause I think these are both like two pretty good teams, but if you're going to give me a toss up, you're going to give me a point and a half and I know I can go against Anthony Lynn. That's what I'm going to do. Cause that's what I've done all year. And, mm-hmm. and it pays off whether that's, whether that's in the live betting market, which Damn I've been it. betting against Anthony you Lynn. You stole it from me again. Keep going. No, I, I mean, no, I'm sorry, but like it is such, is such a good habit. I actually made almost all of my money with halftime bets in, in live bets last week. I, I lost, yeah, I lost that Ravens game. I think I lost one. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of interest in like, taking a lot of games pre-flop um mm-hmm. copyright um gil alexander uh decent but the point is is this is a game that you can probably pounce on if the chargers get an early lead so this is a really good live bet opportunity yeah um the chargers are the first team in nfl history to blow 17 point leads in four straight games yeah they're a team you want to live bet against let them go up by two touchdowns take whoever they're playing against either outright because i'm sure that money line is ridiculous or just be safe, take the points, and you know when they do end up kind of letting all of that back to earth, uh, you win some money. Yeah, when I heard that statistic, Anthony Lynn can't possibly keep his job. You you can't you like okay whatever maybe finish out the year, but four straight games where you have 17, 17 plus some of them were twenty one points right. What was it against the Saints? I think they were up against the Saints by twenty if I'm not mistaken. That's 
three possessions in the NFL. You should not lose a game when you're up by three possessions. You should not lose four games. You should not lose four straight games when you have 17 points. That is just absolutely insane. So I think I hate Anthony Lynn, not quite as much as you, because I think that's impossible. But man, watching this week after week, I, I understand your frustrations. Yeah. I mean, it's so ridiculous. By the way, this was his track record last year, too. He couldn't hold on to the lead. He couldn't win a close game. <sighs> like, there is nothing. There's literally not one thing you can point to Anthony Lynn and be like, he's good at this. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's a good locker room guy. I doubt it because he doesn't kind of look to be. He looks to be more like, you know, kind of that quiet type, not necessarily mm -hmm. a motivator. The scheming, I, I, I can't tell if he's doing anything. There's certainly nothing special going on. And then the game management is just so, so poor. And it's been poor for so long. I don't understand what's happening here. It's pretty bad. It is pretty darn bad. I feel bad for Chargers fans. My dad's a pretty big Chargers fan, so... He hasn't been super happy this year. Uh, yeah, I don't think Anthony Lynn's keeping his job for too much longer. Uh, we have four more games here on the Wind Daily Sports Betting Lines show. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Wind Daily Sports. Follow Sia at Sia Najad. Follow me, Michael Brazil one WindDailySports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert chat. We also, the betting membership. You think Sia and I are good? My gosh. Check out what Capper Steve does. Dude bets cars and like wins cars every weekend. And, and when I say cars, I mean legitimate, like the money that it takes to put a down payment and pay for an entire car. So make sure to check us out there. And then we also have our NFL season pass. Everything on the DFS side, $79.99 through the Super Bowl. So something to pay attention to. We do have a couple. Uh, okay. We have a couple comments over here. Casey, he uh, he, he forgave you. See, ya. I hope that's okay. Sounds like you guys oh. are. Back, oh, you're, you're so good. True. Brown's performance usually warrants insults. At least he's an honest fan. We appreciate that. Casey also doesn't live in Cleveland anymore. Uh, he's lived in New York City. Shout out my man. Uh, wife is a Giants fan. I appreciate her. There you go, Michael. Thank you, Casey. Um, and we have Carlton coming in. He does seem like he does seem mean in the locker room. Talking about Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I don't think so, though. I yeah, I feel like. He, well, the whole Tyrod Taylor thing, especially in the beginning of the year, was just kind of dumb, right? Like Justin Herbert comes in, almost beats the Chiefs, and he's like, no, 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 it's Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor's job. And then the next week, it's like, he looks pretty good. He's like, no, 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 it's Tyrod Taylor's job. And then the next week, he's like, shit, like, all right, yeah, it's clearly Justin Herbert's job. What am I supposed to do? So that was just kind of sad. Obviously, Anthony Linden stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the lungs, so you can't really blame him on that. But you didn't really, you know, do a great job at, at uh, paying attention to that. Read in the room. Let's well, I mean, speaking of paying attention and this, I don't know that this warrants any analysis, but when he's on the sideline, like a lot of these good coaches, they're, they're maybe giving a pep talk to their quarterback mm -hmm. or they're, they're kneeling down with the, the offensive line unit or something like, I just feel like he looks so lost on the sideline, like that he doesn't even look necessarily know why he's on the sideline. Like he's lost, like in a mall, like a, like a kid lost in the mall. Like, and I, every time he's got the same expression on his face and it's like, I don't know how teams, if I was on that sideline, I don't know how I would respond to that as my lead is dwindling for the fourth game in a row. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'd want my coach to lay into somebody or to like gather the troops and, or call a, a, a timeout at a weird time and just like get everybody like, there's nothing going on there. And clearly from a scheme standpoint, there's nothing going on either. I, I just, I can't figure out, I can't put my finger on anything positive that this guy is doing other than he looks like a really nice guy. We said that last mm -hmm. week when, when yeah. I ranted about him for the seventh week in a row, like he seems like a super nice guy. Maybe he's a decent coordinator. Maybe he's a I don't, good general manager. Maybe he had say in getting Herbert, who I didn't think was going to be a great NFL Maybe. quarterback. And I was wrong about that, but coach, come on guys. 
This is embarrassing now. I think it's going to be last year. Unless, except I know the Spanoses are like crazy cheap. And if they're not paying him that much money, they'll just let him stick around. That or if he has a couple years left on his contract, there's no shot that they fire him before there's at least one year left because then they have to pay that and they're not interested in doing that. Um, But to lose that game to the Broncos the way they did against Drew Locke and that Broncos offense who has just looked horrendous this year. Shout out Pat Shermer, former Giants head coach. I don't know how he got a job, but he did, you know, so that team just looks like shit too. So the way it happened, I think doesn't really help. Um, all right, let's move on Four twenty-five. I'm assuming this is America's game of the week. Cause it's the two biggest fan bases, pretty much Steelers, Cowboys, Steelers oh, traveling down, Steelers traveling down to Jerry world's line opened up at 13 and a half. It is now a straight 14, 70% of the bets, 99% of the money on the Steelers covering, uh, over under a sits at 41 and a half Gucci Danucci, not starting. Unfortunately, they gave him one shot. They took it away. He had his one shot as Eminem says, I think it's going to be between Garrett Gilbert, uh, AAF legend and Cooper rush, which is a pretty cool name. Got to give him that, uh, or rush Cooper. Honestly, I don't really remember <laughs> Cooper I, I, rush. whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, 14 to the Steelers. Is that not enough at this point? Uh, I don't think it's enough. Although, uh, I don't know. I I don't know what to expect out of these quarterbacks. I don't think Ben DiNucci had as bad of a game as people say he did. I mean, I understand he didn't look good, but I'm not exactly sure what you expected from the third-string rookie quarterback from James Madison University behind an offensive line that had one healthy offensive lineman in Zach Martin. So the idea, like I'm listening to these terrible talk shows on the one that Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp are on, which like, don't literally lowers your IQ. Like there should be mm-hmm. a warning at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. And they're like talking about how bad Ben DiNucci was and how he should be out of the league immediately. And he should be cut. And I'm like, what are the expectations here? Like, yeah. did you see what Dalton did against Washington? Cause it wasn't that much different than what Ben DiNucci was trying to do against the Eagles. So I just, that's really frustrating to me. So whether it's Cooper rush or the other guy you mentioned, um, who was it again? Garrett, Garrett Gilbert, AAF oh, right. legend. Yes. Who ate Garrett Gilbert. So yeah, I, I, I think I don't think it's enough. I don't think Pittsburgh is this like world dominating team like people sort of think they are right now. I mean, we saw what Baltimore did running the ball, and that should be the MO. They should try to get Zeke and Pollard involved and just try to run it on them because they were pretty successful doing that against the Eagles. But Kellen Moore has not shown uh, that he can coordinate a game for four mm-hmm. games offensively. And so I think ultimately the Pittsburgh defense is going to take advantage of untimely plays by Kellen and just untimely errors by the quarterback. And so I, I hate to say this, but I think I'd have to take the Steelers here. Yeah. 14 is, I mean, it's two touchdowns. You usually don't see that in the NFL. Uh, the chiefs did cover 19 and a half against a team. That's almost as bad uh, in the jets. One thing I will say outside of that, I mean, it was nine to seven. The Cowboys were winning at the half. Yes. What the hell did you expect out of Ben DiNucci, seventh <laughs> round pick at a JMU? He was leading at the half. Yes. The Eagles are completely incompetent. Don't get me wrong, but that in itself is, is kind of like, all right, dude, you, you're, you're winning at the half. What else could we literally be asking for? And if it wasn't for that total BS t- defensive touchdown at the end of the game for the Eagles, it was nine to 15, right? Like it, right. it wasn't like that far out of, you know, the realm of potentially coming back. So like, I, I mean, again, I didn't watch all that game because that was, it was trash, but I didn't think he was so bad that he should get kicked out of the league or i mean there's a reason why you went with him in the first place right like why didn't you go with one of these other guys you're you're taking what um rush mr rush cooper cooper rush off the practice squad 
I mean, if you thought Ben DiNucci was that, like, if you're immediately after a game saying, like, we can't possibly use this guy, it's like, well, fuck, man. Like, what are we doing here then? Mike <laughs> yeah, McCarthy exactly. is a terrible coach. So I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. And yes, that show is just god awful. Don't watch Skip and Shannon. Watch oh, no, I wasn't watching it. I was I was literally like in my car scanning channels on Sirius XM. Uh, where okay. you can catch Win Daily, by the way, on Saturday night, Bang. 11 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I and I just landed on that and I heard Danucci and I kept listening and I'm like, man, they are killing this guy, and it's so unfair. I mean, there were so many plays where the Eagles were getting there in like a second and a half. Mm-hmm. Like what including that fumble, by the way. Like, yep. what exactly did you think? Like, do you think Dalton would have done that better? Like, what right. are we talking about here? At least Danucci is more mobile. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just so frustrating to hear a, like a, a guy get killed for like coming in in the most incredibly awkward and bad circumstances and it's like at least he was trying right it wasn't like caleb haney on the the bears a couple years ago where it was like he threw he was like thanks he was like three of 16 with four interceptions at least at least he was trying to move the ball to the receivers and just trying to do something because that's at least not nearly as boring right or or by the way and i I hate to say this but like alex smith when he came in it's a great it's a great story but he didn't even really try to, to hold on to the ball for more than a second. I mean, he was, he was throwing it literally like two yards behind the line of scrimmage every single play. Mm-hmm. At least Danucci was trying to use his legs and trying to – there was one was play talking. where he went to the sideline. It got replayed like five times, and he tried to do a little sidearm yeah. far action to Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper had already checked out of the play. He was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, we're, we're good here. I'm on the sideline. I'm probably out of bounds. Like, so I'm just not even going to pay attention. And Danucci's like, there's a perfect spot. It probably wouldn't have been caught anyway. But, like, the kid's trying to make something exactly. happen. Exactly. I would I would rather watch that than him just kind of like loft it out of bounds to nobody. At least give me some action, like shit, man. I don't know. And again, the Eagles probably should have lost that game, but that's neither here nor there. Um, all right, couple more games. Our last Sunday main slate game. We have the Dolphins traveling down to Arizona. Cardinals favored by four and a half. 50-50 split on the bets, about 67% of the money coming in on the Dolphins. Over Everdorf, 48. Uh, Tua looked bad. Like, my goodness, he looked bad. But he also didn't have to do anything. So I don't think they really cared or tried once they were up. Because what they had, he had that fumble on like the first play, which it was just, yeah, duh, Aaron Donald's going to do whatever he wants. And then after that, there was the pick six, and Jared Goff looked like dog shit, and I know Tua didn't have to do anything, but like 11 of 22 with a fumble and, you know, 93 yards didn't instill too much confidence in me. Sia, boots on the ground. How did you feel about Tua's first game? I didn't think it was very good. I don't think he's ready. I think the switch was made at the wrong time. I think Fitzpatrick should have played the whole season, to be honest with you. I don't think their chances to make the playoffs or win in the playoffs are increased by Tua being in there versus Mm -hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I understand Ryan is super volatile, but I just don't know what you're getting out of Tua right now. And I, Honestly, I still think he has some steps to make to really feel comfortable about his mm-hmm. his hip surgery. I mean, that was like a yeah. very dramatic injury. I thought they were just kind of kind of use this year as a red shirt and just have him, you know, sit for a while. So I wasn't impressed with the performance. But again, like you said, with what the Dolphins did on defense, like, can we really judge his performance? Because he mm-hmm. he wasn't really allowed to like, you know, you know, spread his wings, if you will. So I, I just oh. don't know that we know what, yeah, right. I just don't, I don't think adorable. we know what we have in Tua yet, but what I do know is that I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm taking the favorite here, minus four, because so the thing about the Cardinals, you know, they lost their best pass rusher. They, they can't create pressure, which you would think would benefit Tua. But if you remember before the buy, they beat Seattle in that crazy game, which won me a bunch mm-hmm. of money in, in DraftKings, by the way, because I had the, the D hop, Kyler Murray, Tyler Lockett, um, little thing stack going nice. on. Nice. 
And long story short, they were able to create in the second half. They were like, we're not going to let Russell Wilson carve us up. We're going to create pressure. We're going to bring a blitz. And Russell Wilson made, believe it or not, mistake after mistake after mistake in the second half. So my thought is if they can create pressure with the blitz, like they did against Russell Wilson, they know they have a rookie quarterback here. They, they probably mm-hmm. don't even need to be that dramatic with their, their schemes here. And they are a going to confuse Tua because he's, he's new and a rookie and B they I know they can create pressure and survive on the back end like they did against Seattle. So again, and they're also coming off a bye and they're at home and Dolphins are traveling to the West coast. Mm-hmm. Like all of those things in mind, like this could be a game that like kind of gets out of hand. Cause I don't think Kyler Murray, he Kyler Murray is matchup proof at this point because of what he's doing with his mm-hmm. legs, breaking the pocket, buying time, all of those things. He's got, you know, Christian Kirk's finally stepping it up. You know, your, your boy, yep, um, yep. Michael, I'll hand up. He, um, he scored. Two touchdowns, I think. Three touchdowns this year. Shout out Christian Kirk. Best well, two coming game off, stretch. Off, Best two game injury, stretch yeah. of his three entire, you know, three entire years. Yeah, I, he, I will put my hand up on that one. He's a legit receiver, in my yeah. opinion. And you got D Hop too, and and Chase Edmonds is just as actually he's better than Kenyon Drake, and he mm-hmm. catches passes too. Great DFS play, sixty eight hundred on DraftKings, by the way. But the short of it is, sorry, I'm going super long. I really like the Cardinals here. I, I short, really like the Cardinals here. The short of it is I'm going super long. I like that. See, I love your honesty and your optimism. Uh, I agree. Cardinals, I'm looking at it right now. It's kind of weird. It looks like you can get minus three and a half on FanDuel, and it looks like mm-hmm. minus four and a half on points bet. So I don't know. You might want to shop around, check out a couple different lines because uh, it looks like it's a little over the all over the place there. But I, yeah, I actually want to, I want this game to stay not like, uh, you know, I'm not going to root for it to be a one. I mean, I'm always rooting for a one score game, but I want to actually see to have to do something. He literally had to do nothing. It was 28 to seven. Pretty much, you know, you snap your fingers and that game was completely out of hand and their offense did nothing all game. I think they had a t- total of 200 yards. It felt like they had like a hundred rushing yards and then two or three for 93. So even with it being out of hand, I expected him to throw for more than 93 yards. Like on 22 attempts, that's that's pretty bad. So we'll see what happens there. Also, Maz Gaskin is out. Something yep. to pay attention to. Um, he was looking good. I mean, good, not great, but he got a lot of touches. They were paying attention to him. So they traded for Daryl Williams of the Chiefs. So ugh, that kind of sucks for him, but it is what it no, is. Was it Daryl Williams or, or Washington? I thought they traded for Washington, their oh, third string. I thought it was Daryl Williams. I think it was Dwayne Washington, the former Raider that went to Kansas City hmm. this last year. Okay. I'll double check it as yeah. we go. I don't know show. why. Maybe I just kind of I saw the D and the W and just forgot Washington was on the team. Maybe that's on me. <laughs> Most uh, but yeah, did. it was like a seventh round pick, I think, or or they gave a seventh with the running back and got a sixth back. So it was pretty much nothing. Obviously, with Le'Veon Bell, don't really need too much there. But definitely interesting. Uh, definitely interesting. And we have Gasicki season. I don't know, man. Gasicki hasn't done shit all year, so. I, I I don't has it ever been he had like one game so far so I don't know the problem the problem is I don't know how many there's 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 so many I guess Isaiah Ford left the team so that frees mm-hmm. up a few targets um, Isaiah Ford's pretty good by the way I think he's going to do okay with New England uh, if they get that quarterback situation fixed but Gasecki just doesn't get the targets like you got Adam Shaheen mm-hmm. coming in there and getting red yep. zone targets so <clears> as talented <throat> as he is and, and I know Nick talks about him all the time he really is talented he lines up in the slot like he's a receiver which is great if you're rostering a tight end in fantasy but he's just not getting the targets I mean yep. I with Tua in there if it was Fitzpatrick I'd like I'd like Gasecki this um as we can if you remember Arizona was really bad against the tight yeah, end last year terrible. and I think they're pretty bad against them now as well so 
Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, Gasecki. I'm down on all those guys. And with Miles Gaskin not not playing, like that was the most talented running back, and he's not even that talented. Now Brita exactly. has a hamstring injury. Like mm-hmm. they, like we're looking at like Laird and Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, let's yeah, go. I mean, this is that's bad. That's like really bad. Let's and now go. Dolphins coming off like Goff going from Goff to Kyler Murray. It's such a yeah. different set of problems. And I just think Arizona coming off a bye is just in such a good position right now. Yeah, I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a field day. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you see the clip uh, from, I think it was the Cardinals game? Like at the end of the first half, the, you, they literally zoom in on Kyler's face and you see DeAndre Hopkins has single coverage. He hikes the ball, looks at him, literally starts laughing as he's throwing a touchdown. No. It is awesome. No, check, you have to amazing. check it out. If you, don't, if you don't know it, you literally see him like get the ball, look up. And his face just lights up and he just starts laughing. Doesn't even grab the laces, just throws the ball into the corner of the end zone. DeAndre Hopkins catches it for a touchdown. Oh, I it's think awesome. I know what play you're talking about. It's I just awesome. never saw his uh, facial expression. Yeah, yeah, I remember they, he didn't grab the laces. Wow. Yep, okay. they, they do a zoom in on his face. I found it somewhere on the internet. He, you could see him physically laughing as he's throwing the ball. It is absolutely fantastic because it is true. You give DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one coverage. Why? There, you literally should not do that. I would rather Christian Kirk beat me than see DeAndre Hopkins in single coverage, especially against that Seattle team, which is very bad. So definitely, definitely make sure to check that out. Um, all right. One last so, thing. So, Michael, we have a we have a question from Casey. Oh. He wants to know yeah. how many ounces my <laughs> distracting blue bottle is. It's heat. And this, this is water, uh, obviously. Um, it's 48 ounces. So there you have it. And Did you drink all of that in one show? Uh, not in one show, but okay. right after the show, it'll be done. So. Wow. Yeah. Do you yeah, um do you get up in the middle of the night and pee a lot? Well, I still a lot of drinking. water for like nine o'clock at night. I go to sleep pretty late. Um, okay. I'm not on the senior citizen plan like you are, so mm. I, I'm not going to get to bed. I'm 19. Like, I'm a growing boy. See, so yeah, I need to go. Yeah, to sleep. but you live Come this on. like weird life where you started old and you'll you're, you're going to be like I don't know what's that what's that Brad Pitt movie? Anyway, the point is yes. The point is I stopped drinking water at around 10 o'clock so mm-hmm. that if I go to bed at 1230, I'm usually in good shape. By the way, Casey, thanks for watching. Um, Carlton Glide, uh, Casey, I think you're already subscribed, but if you guys aren't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, that's mm-hmm. really important. Our podcast too, but yep. YouTube is where you're going to see the live stream. So any of you that are interested in DFS or honestly updates on these games against the spread, 11 o'clock to 1230, our guy Sticks Picks, who was like mm-hmm. so freaking brilliant. It's so ridiculous. Good. And our other guy, Nick, uh, at DFS Ghost, Ghost, they're on the live stream, and we put all these shows on the live stream too. So mm-hmm. like, literally right now, if you guys don't mind, go to our YouTube channel. Just hit the subscribe button once you, fu- once you find Win Daily Sports and uh, check us out there Smash because we it. have a ton of content on there. Smash that button. I think we're up to almost 500 subscribers on YouTube too. So we're, uh, we're doing awesome. well. Just keep going. Just keep chugging. So we do appreciate everybody. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button as the YouTubers like to say. All right. <laughs> Last couple games. Um, this should be fun. Saints at Bucks. Sunday night, four and a half to the Bucks. Again, if you shop around a little bit, looks like it's five and a half in a couple places. I don't know what the hell's going on there, but let's call it four and a half to the Bucks. 50-50 split on the bets. About 80% of the money is coming in on the Saints. 55.5 over under that has moved down to 51.5 with 95% of the money coming in on the under. So that's something to pay attention to. Yes. Alvin Kamara did come up on the injury report. No, I don't think Alvin Kamara is going to miss this game. I think he's going to be completely fine. Michael Thomas might be coming back, which will be kind of cool. He didn't get traded as we saw. I didn't think he was going to, that was kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. but he might be coming back. The Saints eked it out. They didn't. Bears covered, but the Saints eked it out last week uh, in overtime. Um, 
shit, man. The Saints team is not nearly as good as we hoped. Drew Brees does not look very good at all. But if Mike Thomas is coming back, maybe it's something. Mike Thomas played one game this year. It was against the Bucs. He did absolutely nothing. So maybe that's something to pay attention to. But how do you feel about these Saints and Bucks? Bucks minus four and a half, who also did not look that great against the Giants on Monday I mean, night. I mean, not, uh, I think saying they didn't look that great is is an understatement. I mean, I I the Giants should have won the game. Period. Yes, the yeah, Giants I should agree. have won. There were multiple instances where, unfortunately, Daniel Jones made the wrong decision, which is you know that's built into a Giants game. But like, it got to a point in the second half where it's like, man, are you seriously making this yeah. throw right now? Mm-hmm. Like, you of all people should know that. Don't make that throw. Don't and make it was that just throw. Like, and he makes the throw. It's it's unbelievable. Multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Multiple times. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And. and they were getting beat. These corners were like whatever zones, whatever. Like, I don't think they were playing man most of that game. And it was, it was a kind of a disaster, whether it was Sterling Shepard or Ingram. Uh, yeah, obviously Slayton Kate that touchdown at the yeah. end. Yep. I mean, they were just getting carved up and Gallman was running right up the middle for four or five yards before he was getting touched. Uh, by the way, I think Gallman before he was, before he fell down, he, before, he didn't get All touched right, most enough. of the time. He fell down. Fair so enough. that's something to pay attention to. So I like the Saints here. I agree with you. The Saints haven't looked good all year, but getting Michael Thomas, I think, is coming back. I think Mm -hmm. Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. So you sort of have everybody back. Kamara, Latavius Murray. I think they'll be able to run the ball on Tampa. I think they'll be able to pass in that intermediate game against Tampa. So I don't think Breeze's arm is really going to be a a super big factor here because I don't think the game plan is going to really warrant him throwing it downfield. And Tampa, they do get Antonio Brown. That's great for them. He might break one. That's, That's fantastic, but they don't have Godwin. And so if we're looking at it, you know, I, if I'm a Tampa fan, I'd rather have right now, I'd rather have Godwin and Evans than, than I would Antonio Brown and Evans because Brown hasn't really been integrated into this team at all. So, and with Fournette and Ronald Jones, they're not getting a ton out of those two guys. You know, Ronald Jones kind of got back in the doghouse. You're getting points here and it's more than three points. Give me the dog. Yeah, I think four and a half. Uh, I mean, the Saints already beat the Bucks outright once this year. It was week one. So the Bucks really didn't really get into the swing of things yet. Bucks are healthier side of Godwin and looking it up. I thought I saw he did actually like he was a limited participant in practice. We'll actually find out on Friday if he can catch passes, but he did break his finger. So it's something to pay attention to. I don't think they really needed him for that Giants game. And yes, while the the Giants should have won that game, it was a very clear look ahead for the Bucks. They just kind of thought like, oh, if we just like show up, we'll win this game. And as we said, the Giants defense isn't nearly as bad as their offense. It's those two turnovers and that awful throw at the end for the two-point conversion by Daniel Jones that really did seal the deal. So I think I agree with you. I think the Saints cover the spread. I think the Saints win outright again, kind of. I think it's just going to be one of those things. So it's something to pay attention to, but four and a half, it's a solid amount of points. I could see this being a three-point game or someone winning with a field goal towards the end of it. That's not that big a deal. Um, We also have Glide still in the chat. Who that? As a Saints fan from New England, could not be more sick that Brady came to my division and succeeding. I mean, what'd you expect, man? Like, I, what'd you expect? It's Tom Brady. Um, and the Patriots look like shit, who we'll get to in a second. But anything anything else on that game? Do you think, I mean, what's the division right, like right now, right? Is it Bucks well, are six and two, five and two? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got, I mean, obviously, you know, Carolina is sort of still in Whatever. the mix a little bit. Atlanta's yeah. out of it. But um, yeah, I think I think Carolina's five and two. No. So I think Carolina's six and two, right? And when you oh, say Carolina, a, you mean the Buccaneers. I'm sorry, the Buccaneers. Yeah, okay. I got to double check that. I'm not sure. Yeah, but for, I don't have it. I think the they have a one game lead on the Saints mm-hmm. right now yeah. is the point. And then if they tie, the Saints will have the tiebreaker if they win this game, especially. So not like soccer. No such thing as aggregate scoring here. And I like but, that. 
little commentary to, to glide though. So I, I got to admit, Tom Brady's a little bit better this year than I thought the Bucks would be good. Don't get me wrong, but Brady himself is a little bit better this year than I thought he would be. But when you, I mean, he's got a nice complement of weapons. Yes. Here. I mean, forget about what he had versus New England. Not many teams, you know, in the last you know five years have had this type of receiving core. Granted, he doesn't really have the the running game necessarily, but having Godwin and Evans and now Antonio Brown, I mean, that's an embarrassment of riches. And yeah, Gronkowski, and who looks, you know, mm-hmm. decent. He Cameron Brady's a serviceable yeah. tight end. OJ Howard obviously got injured, but mm-hmm. they've had so many weapons for Brady. They have, but the interesting thing is he hasn't had all of them, it doesn't feel like. Mike Evans, while he's been in every game, he's been hurt all season. I think that's been very clear. Last game, he did do pretty well uh, against Bradbury. One of those, I mean, was acrobatic. Like, you got to give, you know, tip your cap every once in a while. I thought Bradbury did a pretty good job, actually, um, even with uh, the line Evans had. Chris Goblin's pretty much been hurt. I think what he had concussion then a hamstring now a broken finger again as i said i think it's just one of those years you're just not going to yeah. see him unfortunately especially for fantasy owners probably taking him in the second round that just sucks um so evans has hurt all year goblin has hurt all year yes they have gronk but he didn't start to look like he was like even like halfway back to life except for a couple weeks ago so even with that i would say with all the injuries they're still better than the you know, new england receiving core but i'm really curious what it looks like you throw antonio brown in there you get evans fully ish healthy he looked a lot better last week you get godwin back damn that is going to be insane to see that and uh yeah I, watch out i don't think antonio brown does too too much this week but next week the week after that's going to be something yeah and just clarification from glide the bucks uh because they haven't had their buy or a half game up not a full game up appreciate you and that's why we love the comments that's why we like the comments right there um i do have to ask though i know this show's going a little long but you and i were having so much fun we have yeah. one more game but it sucks and i don't really care about it so as <laughs> uh the wind daily sports resident lawyer how the hmm. hell is antonio brown actually allowed to play like well, why would I mean- they, they made it a nine game suspension but like you didn't have to sign him. So it was just nine games this year where he like couldn't play. And then he's still under investigation because the NFL's a bunch of assholes. Like what the <laughs> hell are we doing here? Like, I just don't get it. Well, your second point is interesting because I agree. I was a little confused as to whether his suspension was going to start when he joined a team yeah. or not, but clear, like he's not suspended. Know, he's just like not signed by a team for nine games. Who the hell yeah. Cares? So he, he clearly went in with, you know, his lawyers or whoever he needed to go in with, maybe the players association and said, Hey, listen, you know, I can't, something was obviously like Mm -hmm. deal was made before the season started. So, uh, you know, cause I was always kind of curious about that. Like, why isn't he like talking about this at all? Like I thought he was just going to retire. So here we are, but yeah, I think think didn't he retire twice if I'm not mistaken. I I mean, on Twitter, (laughs) Connor McGregor did right. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I thought that was weird. I think that's kind of just a totally useless uh, suspension because then he could just pick whatever team he wanted to go to. And it was between like the Ravens, the Seahawks and the Bucks. It's like, geez, OK. Uh, well, thought, yeah, but if, like, if, if he but the, the truth is, if he wanted to if a team wanted him week one and if he wanted to play in week one, like he wouldn't have been able to play for eight or nine games and he wouldn't have been able to collect a salary for that period of time, too. So maybe that's why teams weren't signing him. I guess that's a possibility. Maybe they knew. Obviously, they would have known mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be be playing for the first eight games. So I think that might have factored in a little bit. Just just very confusing because it sounds like you should have just signed him at that point. You wouldn't have had to pay him and then you would have known he was coming back. Like it's, No, I, I just don't understand it. No, well, there's a really easy explanation there because you would have you would have had eight weeks for an entire organization to hold their breath and hope that Antonio Brown doesn't do something incredibly, incredibly stupid. Good point. 
So now at least you've let, you've cut that time period out. He hasn't done anything incredibly stupid except for a couple, you know, <laughs> retirement announcements on mm-hmm. the internet. Outside of that, he's been fine. And so now I think they're like, okay, he's not going to embarrass us. And if he does, he's only been with us for like a week or two. And so mm-hmm. it's not really like that bad of a mark on our reputation. Cut him and let him go. Plus I hear he's living at Tom Brady's house. So I guess just I watching Tom Brady tongue kiss his son. Let's move on to Tom Brady's old team, the Patriots. Traveling to MetLife Stadium. The game opened at minus seven uh, to the Patriots. Seven and a half now. Most of the money is going to the Patriots. 55-45 split over under 42. Dude, this game's going to suck. The Patriots (laughs) looked bad last week. They still covered, um, but Cam fumbles late in the game. They were making kind of a little run. He fumbles late in the game. Him and Josh Allen hysterically almost had like the exact same stat line, which I thought was just perfect for uc i thought you would love that um josh allen sucks <laughs> he sucks so bad like, remember when he was here. the mvp after like three weeks i still believe in josh allen josh allen is i'll tell you this ben denucci is a poor man's josh allen i mean he just kind of rolls far. around the pocket and Too just kind of flings it and you know, 10 yards over somebody's head. Is that not Josh Allen? Did no. I not just describe Josh I mean, Allen? you did, but poor man's Ben DiNucci. Like, come on now. Come on. No, come no. On. Ben DiNucci is a poor man's Josh Allen. I'm actually giving Semantics. Josh Allen yes. some credit here. I see that. You're, You're giving welcome. him a lot of credit. You're, You're welcome, Bill's Mafia. Fifth, fifth string quarterback credit. You're a nice guy. Um, in terms of this game, I don't really want to spend too much time on it. We've been doing the show for a little while anyway. Uh, I mean, I think the Patriots win, right? But do they win by seven and a half points? Yeah, probably. By the way, the Patriots should have won the game last week. Yes. I mean, I feel or at actually, least tied it. Yeah. Well, at least tied it. But I, honestly, the, the momentum they had and the, the time mm-hmm. they had left in that game, I think they were just going to cruise into the end zone, just running the ball. And I, I have to say this because I know Cam Newton is such a lightning rod for people. Like a lot of people really like him, but kind of more people hate him for whatever reason. And, you know, that's partly stupid, his fault. Stupid hats. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it comes down to. I, I get it on some, like, like ridiculous <laughs> levels. But yeah. the point is, there is not a person in that stadium that wanted to win that game more than Cam Newton. And I genuinely, knowing that everybody is hating on him and he's not playing well, he could have, like, led their team. Like, that's not just a win. That They could have won that division if they won that game. Because, mm-hmm. A, they're playing the Jets twice, and the Bills have already played the Jets twice. So they cut the deficit to two games. They got two more Jets games on, on their schedule. Like, they had a legitimate path to win the AFC East. I understand I'm not mentioning the Dolphins. No, but, but, I mean, if we're being, like, serious yeah. here, I think the Dolphins have a chance, but just not a great chance. So, you know, I just felt super, super bad for Cam. Um, but back to this line – the Jets are so bad and they're not doing anything to show that they're a trying to win or be like clicking. Like there's, the, there's mm-hmm. nothing coming from Sam Darnold who by the way is injured again. So maybe yeah. it's Flacco, maybe it's Darnold, but like th- there's not a receiver that's flashing, Like there's nothing that's had like, like Michael P Ryan like looks good. And then they don't use him, you know, mm-hmm. they, and it's Frank Gore again. And it's, you know, Braxton Berrios again and no, no Brashad Perryman. It's, and, and by the way, Mims only got like, you know, a few targets. He had yeah. maybe one or two one catches. Cool but that was it right and so i just i'm trying to find like something to hang my hat on to be like oh well they might score 10 14 points like no i don't see it and and i see the patriots just kind of running all all over them uh with damian harris maybe some rex burkhead Mm -hmm. some james white some cam newton i can't believe this line is seven to be honest with you i I think i think they win by you know 13 or more Mm mm-hmm I mean, and so here, uh, Patriots are what, two and five. I think this is the first time they've lost four games in a row since like, I don't know, like 25 years, whatever it's been. That's a little exaggerated, but it feels like it's been my entire life at this point, over my entire life, actually, for that. Um, But 
they win that Seattle game. They win that Buffalo game. They're all of a sudden four and three. And I think there was another game in there that they lost. The that Chief, Well, the Chiefs game Chiefs when they didn't even have won that. Cam, they, and there like, was another yeah. one, wasn't there? Uh, I'm sure there was. I feel like there was but... another that was like way closer and they just kind of frigged up at the end. Oh, um, the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Then right. w- fourth down or whatever it was, or Cam throws that pick. I mean, that that's a legitimate four wins right there. And they're two and five. Like if somebody said alternate universe, they ended up being like six and one. Would you be that surprised? They should have won that chiefs game. Even with those awful, awful quarterbacks, they should have won that Seahawks game. I don't know how the frig he didn't get in the end zone. That was the one good game cam played all year. Obviously, as you, I agree with you, they should have at least tied and went to overtime. If not won the game last week and the Broncos game was just a complete anomaly. And they still almost won that game. Drew lock kept throwing them picks with like three minutes left in the third, fourth quarter. I mean, that, uh, yes, I think the Patriots are not good, but usually those are the games that they win. Those aren't the games they lose. So right. it's just, it's interesting. I still think solid shot to win the division. Again, as you said, two Jets games, a Dolphins game, another Bills game. I wouldn't be surprised if they win all of them. So I wouldn't be shocked, but, but that Bills loss was so gigantic. I mean, that's part of the reason I feel so bad for them. Like they, the Patriots fans, the fan base and the team would have sort of been like, this is our division to win if they mm-hmm. won that game. And now they're going to be like, well, the Bills are going to have to just start losing and Miami's going to have to start losing and Cam's going to like, there's a lot of pieces that have yeah, to fall into yeah, place yeah. now, whereas they, <laughs> they kind of almost controlled their own destiny if they won last week. But I like, I like seven. I don't love it, but I like the seven quite a bit. I'll be betting it, but throwing the Patriots in a win parlay, I think makes some sense too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Jets are bad. Um, but on the other side, if the Patriots lose to the Jets, it's over. We oh, can yeah. just declare the dynasty dead, right? Even after all those things I said where I wouldn't be surprised if they were like six and one or whatever. Um, I think we can declare the dynasty dead if they lose to the Owen million jets, right? Well, I guess the dynasty is dead anyway, right? I, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's not dead until you lose to the, the oh, Owen a hundred. Okay. I see what you're saying. And yeah. yes, the dynasty is officially completely extinguished. If they lose to the jets. Love it. Write I mean, that down. Yeah at Cian Jad at Michael Raziel one. We did say some disparaging thing about uh, Josh Allen. We didn't get to talk shit about Philadelphia, but you know what? Depending on how you uh, look at the election, you might be a big fan of Pennsylvania this <laughs> uh, this year, or like at least today. So funny how that works. A city that I hate um, kind of deciding how our country is going to live for the next four years. Just maybe, maybe, maybe not. I maybe mean, not. We, you don't know. don't know. I don't know if they, if they matter. I don't think I don't know. I don't think we're going to know for years. It looks like also not trying to get political, <laughs> but how long does it take to count ballots? Like, I just don't get it. Like, well, I don't know. I just okay, don't know. So, little, little, oh, you're a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. We can ask you without being political. All right. See, so you talk to me. Well, it's just a little defense of that notion. So there have been more people to vote both in person and mail-in ballots um, ever. Like this is like yes. the most people that have voted in an American election. Great job, so, and, and when you consider all the mail-in ballots, some of these states, for whatever reason, have rules that they're only going to start counting at a certain time. So you literally have to have like these people sitting down, opening envelopes, checking signatures, validating marks on the thing, and having other people overseeing them, both Republican and Democrat, making sure that that person's doing their job, then mm-hmm. registering it, putting in a database so that everybody can see it. So there's transparency. All the while, there's a camera on you. Like mm-hmm. these are like steps you have to take. And if there's mm-hmm. millions of these mail in ballots, like, the expectation that it should be done in a day is like actually absurd. No, give me yes, it it's right absurd. Now. I wanted it yesterday. It's bullshit <laughs> that I have to wait for like five more. No, I, I understand. It is just uh, 
you think they would have been ready for it. And I know there's some other bullshit involved. And again, not trying to get political, but it's just crazy to me. The one that's craziest. And again, Nevada, what are we doing, guys? There's not that many people in Nevada. I know <laughs> that for a fact. That's impossible. Everyone decided, you know, screw it. We'll just wait until Thursday, which is my birthday, by the way. So maybe I I'm going to get some news on my birthday. We'll see. I think Nevada is letting some of the sharps. Uh, maybe they owe uh, one to some, some, some bookies or bookmakers. Like and they're that. like, yes. we'll hold. You place your bet. And then we'll we'll turn it around on you. Because mm -hmm. Because before we got on the show, I think Biden was minus 900 and Trump was like plus 450 or something like. So if you're a Vegas shark, right, or sharp, depending on mm -hmm. how you want to end that word, you tell those guys to hold on to it. I'm going to lay the wood on Trump. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, magically, all of a sudden, all of a sudden Trump's in the lead mm -hmm. and I have just... Uh, quintupled my money yes that's yeah very that, vegas that was one fun thing watching the betting lines again don't care which side you're on watching those betting lines oh, electric you said it very well but it was electric watching those lines move and then darren Ravel trying to like pretend like he knew what he was talking about my god people just dragged him through the streets that was awesome nate silver right through the streets um it was fantastic so in case anybody did wasn't paying attention highly suggest check out some of those articles because it was if you're just like betting like we do it was awesome to watch that happen so that was i actually and, and i think i admitted this on my on my twitter post by the way at sia najad but i actually took a bet late last night because i mean i, I guess i thought there was value but i was just like i just kind of want to be a part of this because mm -hmm. i just see the lines like and by the way if, if you don't realize it yet like the betting lines are probably the most predictive thing in yep. politics for an election. Like that's where you should look. You shouldn't look at Fox News or CNN or, or whatever outlet you Nate want or, Silver, or whatever Washington yeah. put whatever or Nate Silver. Like look at the betting lines because they they are going to tell you what kind of like how things are turning. And it literally went you know from you know overnight from like minus one guy's minus four hundred and the next thing you know he's plus two fifty the next morning and it's that was happening last night. And I'm like, all right, I, it wasn't a big play by the way, but I put a small bet. Cause I was like, I just want to be, yeah. I just want to say I was a part of this whole process. It's crazy. And anyway, so, um, that was, that was fun, man. Gambling mm -hmm. is, you know, a lot of States, I think Maryland just authorized Maryland, um, Louisiana, uh, two more. I think, I think DC might have DC, I think has, um, have, has had it for some Maybe. time now. But the, the way they're doing it is kind yeah, of yeah, it's kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. I think four four states, if I'm not mistaken, said yes. Thankfully, so we party so, on. Bet and bet responsibly, of course. Um, I'll tell well, you, listen like, to like, us, and you'll probably win money. Yeah, and by the way, so so before we, I mean, whatever. It's it's we've been doing at this, this point. Hour and it doesn't minutes. matter. Yeah. So Capper Steve is like really talented, and it's because mm -hmm. he's an actual professional. He like does this for. A, I don't know if he does it for a living. Actually, I, yes. I've never met Cap. Okay, sorry. Okay, mm -hmm. I don't want to like call him out or whatever. Um, but whatever. So this guy is like heavily invested, if you will, literally and figuratively. And the cool thing about what he does with his bets, he doesn't just put out the bet itself. He puts out the bet and the units he's going mm -hmm. to to put on the bet. So for me, I kind of like to do my own research. Like we do this show. Obviously, I'm tracking everything because tracking things are a passion of mine. But mm -hmm. I also happen to bet on them too. So. It's really cool because with both college football, which I bet on, and the NFL, now Capper Steve does all the sports for the most part, but just if if we're using football as an example, I have games that I already like. And, and the people that are listening generally have games that they might like. So it's really cool to go onto the sports betting tab of windailysports.com, click on it, and he has a lot of plays, like on college, mm -hmm. the college day. He just oh, Saturday is the last. Yep. A ton of plays. And it's really cool to see a play that you may have already liked 
and he's got like a five unit play yeah. on it or a three and a half unit play. Like, mm-hmm. cause he, he, you know, he, the range is there. Like he, he might say one and a half units here. And then the next game he might say that's a four and a half unit play. And usually, I mean, honestly, when the units are really high, usually it's like a really easy win for the win daily subscribers and, and us who get the benefit of, mm-hmm. you know, working for win daily and, you know, seeing those picks. So it's really cool. I mean, you don't have to, my point is, we're all sports fans, right? We all kind of track, you know, at least at the, you know, we track these teams and, and all this stuff. So when you have a conviction and then you see Capra Steve like is on the same conviction, it's like, oh, oh, that's right. great. And I'm then again, he might guy. be on the opposite team yep. and there might be a reason for that because you might be the sucker who's on the obvious, you know, favorite mm-hmm. play. And he's like, yeah, dummy, those aren't the plays that win money. It's this underdog that everybody hates. And so you realize that because he's got a four unit play on it and you're like, okay, I'm going with the guy that does this for a living. And yeah. A couple of the ones that I remember, he had the Titans for like four or five units over the Bills a couple weeks ago on that Tuesday night game when the Titans just smashed the Bills. Yes. And I think they were, what, three and a half point underdogs, if I'm not mistaken. They just smashed the Bills. He had like four or five units on that. And then the Seahawks Arizona one, I think he had five units on. So that one was a little hairy, but we got there. It doesn't matter how you mm-hmm. win the money as long as you win it. So, uh, yeah, he's not one of these guys that just puts $10,000 on every single game very calculated there's a reason he does what he does to make sure that we're actually winning money because you can lose you you can go one and two and still come out on top like that is very possible if you do the units correctly like he does Mm -hmm. he will very specifically say you're going to put 1.2 units on this whatever your unit is your unit is for me it's you know 10 bucks let's call it so i'm going to put 12 dollars on this game and hopefully then i will return 14 or i'll return seven whatever it is and that's how you actually build a bankroll it's not i'm going to put ten dollars on every single game and see what happens it's you actually put the correct amount of money on the right games you can go 500 and win money you can go under 500 and win money it's all about how you allocate those dollars which i think he does a great job at explaining so and and in my understanding just to clear this up so when the nba was going and mlb was he was he putting out bets for those sports as well mm-hmm. in yep. hockey all and all that okay yep. so not because, as much hockey i don't think there was okay, definitely gotcha. hockey no i take that back there was definitely hockey because i remember taking the wild in a couple of games just because fuck it it's the minnesota wild sure whatever you say steve because because so. michael and this is kind of just you and i talking like i think once nfl season ends people are like all right betting season's over dfs season's over and it's like oh no 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 no. wait like the the sports that are maybe less popular to you are the sports that cap or steve and and people Mm -hmm. like us actually have the edge you know what i mean because we have maybe like certain information or angles that like people really aren't paying attention to because it might be not as popular of a thing to bet on Mm -hmm. so (laughs) don't pack it in after nfl season i just feel like that's something we need to get out to people is that both from a dfs standpoint which we are just huge in of course um, that's how we started, but also from a sports betting angle, there's so much edge to be had post football season. Yes, especially in baseball, where the Dodgers were favored in every single game that they played in this year, which was hysterical. Um, so you gotta love that. Just take the Dodgers, folks. Just take <laughs> the Dodgers. So I think that's enough. About an hour and a half. We had a lot of fun as we yeah. always do. Just the two of us, see ya. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Where can everybody find you on the internet? How do you know that reference? You're 19. When years my mom old. would drive me to baseball practice, she <laughs> would have to keep the radio on. So you know. Uh, second base. No, right field. Come on, I wasn't that good. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Hey, Glad. Thanks for the update. He's updating us on um, where uh, gambling uh, is legal now. So Tennessee, um, yeah, Tennessee's legal November 1st. So last couple of days. Not sure. If Glad, please update us if you have us in the next two minutes. Not sure if you can actually bet on the volunteers, though. It's like New Jersey. You actually can't bet on Rutgers. So oh, that I don't know what joke. the hell. Like, okay, you sorry. can't. Yeah, no. I was going to. I thought that was a Vols joke. I'm sorry. It's my. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, in the state of, sometimes they don't let you bet on the college team because stuff, I guess. But 
Uh, anyway, Sia, where can everybody find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me, uh, as always, uh, in Discord, which is, uh, for those of you that don't oh, know, that's yeah. the Win Daily Expert Chat, which I will be in for our PGA DFS players um, later tonight. And, of course, uh, on Twitter, at Sia Najad, and on Instagram, because I'm cool now, Ooh. at Sia Najad Sports, because I'm sporty. Sports. Finger All guns. Right. All right. You can Ayo. find me at Michael Raziel one Make sure to follow us at Windaily Sports. Again, windailysports.com backslash chat. You can hang out in that expert Discord chat with Sia. He will be there the rest of the night as I am beautifully, wonderfully, just peacefully falling asleep in my bed. I cannot wait for that. Uh, us at Windaily Sports, me and Michael Raziel one Not sure if I said all that already. Uh, season pass, $79.99. You get it. The whole season. Everything. Football baseball basketball whatever the hell's coming back esports we crushing esports we won money we win money on soccer because it's kind of a joke i don't know what took so long <laughs> but it's really easy um we do all of that stuff so you get it through the end of the super bowl uh which is fantastic and i think that's about it i think that's about it so uh glide not quite sure on the vols thing so that's something we'll have to double check on probably not i feel like there's like one team in a state they're probably not gonna not let you vote on it right like, or like you know that on it that would be kind of that'd be stupid anyway for seeing the job for the wind daily sports family for myself we hope you make it a very profitable week nine in the nfl sports 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 sports, sports. <laughs>